part two chapter twenty two of a vital question or what is to be done by nikolai chernyshevsky translated by nathan haskell dole eighteen fifty two to nineteen thirty five and others this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part two first love and legal marriage chapter twenty two but we have had only one half of this scene for about a moment no rather less marya alexievna who had suspected nothing of the kind stood thunderstruck endeavouring to understand and absolutely failing to understand what her daughter had said what it meant and how it came about but it was only for a moment or even less she came to herself with a start she uttered some objurgation or other but her daughter was already far down the nevsky Maria Alexeyevna dashed several steps in her direction. Must take an izvoschik, she turned to the sidewalk. Izvoschik! Where do you want to go, lady? Where did she want to go? She heard her daughter say, to Karavanaya Street. But her daughter turned to the left, down the Nevsky. Where did she want to go? I want to overtake her yonder, that beast. To catch someone? Speak sense. Where do you want to go? How can I go without any direction? And you hain't give me any idea marya alexeyevna entirely lost control of herself and she began to berate the izvoschik you are drunk baruina that's all there is of it said the izvoschik and left her marya alexeyevna ran after him still scolding and she shouted at the other izvoschiks and she dashed in all directions for some time and she gesticulated with her hands and then she went back under the colonnade and she kicked and she acted like a madwoman and around her were gathered half a dozen rude fellows who had been peddling various articles around the columns of the gostinui dvor the fellows were laughing at her and they exchanged among themselves words of more or less unfavourable character and they praised her ironically and they offered her their advice to be calm ay da bariuna how early you managed to get full lively bariuna bariuna ah bariuna buy half a dozen lemons of me they are good to take when you're tipsy i'll let thee have them cheap bariuna ah bariuna don't listen to him a lemon won't do you the least good but go and take a nap bariuna ah bariuna you're a good hand at scolding let's get up a scolding match and see who'll beat marya alexeyevna not knowing at all what she was about boxed the ears of one of the nearest of her interlocutors a fellow of seventeen who not without grace was stretching out his tongue at her his hat flew off and his hair was right at hand marya alexeyevna got her fingers into it this act roused the rest of her interlocutors into a state of indescribable enthusiasm ay bariuna give it to him others shouted fyedka give it back to her in small change but the majority of the interlocutors were on marya alexeyevna's side how can fyedka stand up to her give it to him bariuna knock fyedka down he deserves it the rascal a good many spectators had now collected besides the interlocutors both izvoschiks and the clerks of the shops and the passers-by marya alexeyevna as though coming to her senses and with a final mechanical motion pushing away fyedka's head started across the street the enthusiastic praises of her interlocutors accompanied her she saw that she was on the way home after she had passed the doors of the school of pages she took an izvoschik and reached home in safety finding fyodor at the door she gave him a beating 
she rushed to the cupboard she pounded matriona who came out to see what made the noise again she rushed to the cupboard she dashed to vierotchka's room then she rushed back again to the cupboard once more she dashed to vierotchka's room and remained there a long time then she made a tour of all the rooms scolding but finding no one on whom to lay her hands fyodor had run to the rear stairs matriona who was looking through the crack of vierotchka's room frightened out of her wits ran back when she saw that marya alexyevna was getting up she lost her head and could not find her way to the kitchen but found herself instead under marya alexyevna's bed where she remained in safety until she was called out under a flag of truce whether it was a long or short period that she was scolding and shouting as she walked through the empty rooms marya alexyevna could never tell but it must have been long because when pavel konstantinovitch came from his office he also had a dose both materially and ideally from marya alexyevna but as everything must come to an end marya alexyevna cried out matriona let us have dinner matriona saw that the storm was ended she crept out from under the bed and got dinner at dinner marya alexyevna did not scold at all but she only growled without any intentions of attacking but only for her own satisfaction and afterwards she did not take a nap but sat down alone and did not speak but was growling then she stopped growling and became absolutely silent finally she cried out matriona wake the barin and tell him to come to me matriona who while expecting orders did not dare to go into the dining-room or anywhere else fulfilled the command pavel konstantinovitch appeared go to the khozyaka and tell her that our daughter has married that devil because you wished her to tell her it was against my wife's will tell her that you did so so as to please her ladyship because you saw that it was not her ladyship's wish tell her my wife was alone to blame and i only carried out your ladyship's will tell her i myself brought them together do you understand or not i understand you marya alexyevna you are very wise in your plan well then go along with you even if she is eating her dinner don't mind call her right out bring her from the dinner-table so long as she does not know the real truth the assurance of pavel konstantinovitch's words was so impressive that the khozyaka would have believed him even if he had not possessed the gift of a persuasive tongue but the impressiveness of this gift was so great that the khozyaka would have forgiven pavel konstantinovitch even if there had not been substantial proofs that he had constantly acted against his wife and purposely brought vierotchka and lopukhov together in order to block the ignoble marriage of mikhail ivanovitch but how did they get married pavel konstantinovitch was not stingy in giving her a dowry he had given lopukhov five thousand roubles in cash and he had given the marriage and all its costs at his own expense through him the young people had exchanged little notes they had met at the house of his colleague the nachalnik filantyov a married man your ladyship although i am a man of little account the maiden honour of my daughter your ladyship is dear to me they met in my presence and although we have not money enough to justify giving a boy of the age of ours a tutor yet i hired one for an excuse your ladyship etc etc his wife's unreliability pavel konstantinovitch depicted in the darkest colours how then could she help being convinced and forgiving pavel konstantinovitch and the main thing what a great and unexpected piece of happiness joy softens the heart Kozyaka began her speech of forgiveness with a very long explanation of the thoughts and actions of marya alexyevna and at first asked pavel konstantinovitch 
to send his wife away but he implored her and she herself acknowledged that it was rather for show than because she meant it finally it was decided that pavel konstantinovitch should retain his place as manager that they should give up their rooms facing the street and take another suite in the back of the building on condition that his wife should not dare to show her face in those places on the first dvor where the kozyaika's eyes might fall and that she should be obliged to go out of doors when she went at all by a staircase that lay far from the kozyaika's windows from the twenty roubles a month that had been added to his salary fifteen roubles should be taken back and five roubles would be left to him for a compensation for the manager's energy in the kozyaika's interests and towards the expenses of his daughter's wedding end of part two chapter twenty two recording by expatriate in bangor maine